0: Everyone, this is the West Side of Home podcast, and I'm Dave Stymers. So on the weekend, I got out of the city a little bit, and uh, one evening after it was dark, I went outside and I looked up. And maybe you've had this experience: if you get out of the city, out of a place where we have so much artificial light all the time, and you look up into the sky on a clear night, and I was absolutely blown away just seeing the stars. Like the number of stars you could see in the sky, it was absolutely amazing. And it occurred to me that that those stars are always there, but we miss out on seeing them so often. Could be because it's a cloudy day, but it could also be because, like I said, if you're in the city and there's tons of artificial light, uh, when we look up, we just, we don't see the contrast and we miss out on seeing so many stars, but they're always there. And every once in a while, under the right conditions, you can see so much and it kind of takes your breath away. And it got me thinking a little bit about, um, in the Bible, there's this promise that God gives to Abraham and he gives him a promise for land, seed, and blessing land, which comes to the promised land, uh, seed or children. And he says, "I'm going to make you a great nation." And at this part of it, he says, "Look up to the sky and see the stars, and see if you can count them." That's what I'm. That's the kind of children I'm going to give you: uncountable children, legacy, line. And then blessing, all the good things that come with the presence of God, which included uh, so much material, spiritual, the whole deal. Um, And so I I was just thinking about that. And there's this verse in Galatians chapter three, where in the New Testament, they're trying to wrestle with some of these promises that were given to the patriarchs uh, of the Jewish people and what we do with that in the light of Christ. And um, one of the statements in Galatians three says, and if you were Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring heirs according to promise, that you, because the promises are fulfilled in Christ, if you are in Christ, if you become a follower of Jesus, then you are actually an heir to those promises, that you are part of those stars, the innumerable descendants of Abraham who are promised God's blessing and all the good things that come with God's blessing. It's a really amazing thing. So what? Well, here's so what. So you have a blessing from God. You have the opportunity to be blessed, to have that blessing be what, uh, what gives you your identity, what gives you who you are to live in that blessing. So let me tell you a quick story. In the line of Abraham, his blessing gets passed down to his son, Isaac, And then Isaac has two sons, and a really interesting story, something happens with them. So Isaac's two sons, Jacob and Esau, they are twins, and they're born right at the same time, but Esau technically comes out first, so he is the oldest. Jacob, the name, roughly translated, Jacob means uh, basically ankle grabber, and it says he was born grabbing the ankle of his brother, like trying to kind of pull him back and, and get in first, because... Traditionally, the firstborn gets a different kind of inheritance. The firstborn son in the ancient world and, and for the ancient Jewish people was given a birthright, and that meant they were given a double portion of their inheritance. So the family land, the family stuff, they were given twice as much because they also had a certain amount of responsibility, like responsibility to take care of mom and dad when they get old. Um, But more than that, part of their birthright was not just a double portion of inheritance, but also was the idea that they would become the spiritual leader of the extended family or they would be have um, certain responsibilities in making sure that the spiritual um, and material mission of the family continued. Like this is who we are. Our firstborn gets a double portion and they get this responsibility, a birthright. That means they are the ones that are going to continue to fulfill our mission as a family, what we're all about. So if you think of Abraham and his mission that he was blessed by God in order to bless all nations. That was part of his blessing. You are going to be blessed by God in order to bless the entire world. This is who we are as a family. This is what we're all about. And so the firstborn is traditionally going to accept and take on a bunch of that responsibility through their birthright and through the blessing that they'll get from their father. So Jacob and Esau, um, are very different kind of people. And what happens in this story is, um, at, at one point, uh, Jacob is in making stew and he saw, he's kind of like the, the hunter guy. Um, and he's out hunting and he comes back in and he's hungry. He's starving. And so Jacob sees an opportunity and, and basically tricks him into giving up his birthright which again is this idea of a, a double inheritance, but also of the the responsibility to carry on the family mission and the spiritual nature of the family. And so Esau sells his birthright for stew, which is crazy. And of course, later he regrets it, but it's too late. And then again, Esau goes off to do his thing. And Isaac, the dad, is he's old and he's sick and he can't see properly. So uh, Rebecca, who is the mom kind of comes up with a scheme with Jacob where um, they steal the blessing that Isaac was going to give to Esau. And again, it has to do with these these things of spiritual leadership and seed and land and blessing, all these things that are passed on from Abraham. And so um, one of the differences between Jacob and Esau is Esau was a really hairy guy. And so um, they take animal Uh, an animal skin kind of with the the animal hair on it. And he puts it over himself so that um, Isaac thinks, oh, this is Esau. And he gives the blessing. And of course, Esau comes in and gets upset. No, you gave my blessing away. Don't you have a blessing for me? And he gets a blessing, but it's really not a great one. And so Jacob becomes the heir who has the birthright and the blessing and continues the line in the Jewish people. And you stop and go, how is this allowed? Like Jacob, ankle grabber or or heel grabber, right? He's, he's literally living up to his name. Another way to translate his name is liar. And he is that. And you think, how does he like, why does, why does he get away with that? Why can't they just take it back? Why doesn't God stop this? Like God's going to allow this blessing go through this lying, deceitful way of being passed down. And a lot of us, that's how we would look at it. We would say, I don't understand. Like he's a liar, but there's something deeper. And if you look at Jewish commentators um, in the ancient world and even in more modern times, they creatively look at this and, you know, where we would say, oh, he's a liar. This is the biggest deal. We go to a deeper level and realize, especially with the stew thing, the, the birthright, selling a birthright for a, for a uh, bowl of stew. And you go, yeah, Jacob was a liar, but he understood the value of the inheritance, of the birthright and of the blessing. Esau... Esau didn't get it. I mean, a serious character flaw here that he, w- he was hungry and so he sold something so valuable for stew. Like he didn't want it maybe, or he didn't fully understand it, or uh, he was just clueless or, or whatever. But for whatever reason, he didn't grasp the value and was willing to sell it for stew. And his blessing, he's out somewhere, not really focused on the blessing, I guess. But here comes Jacob. And yeah, he lies about it. But but he understands, I've got to have this. Some commentators in Jewish tradition give Jacob a little bit more um, of a a virtuous tone because they would say he saw that Esau wasn't wasn't prepared, that Esau didn't have the character, that Esau was messing up. And you can read a bunch of stuff in the story of Esau that um, show perhaps that he's got this weak character. Um, Some of the, the Jewish traditions and in Jewish tradition, biblical interpretation, when they come to questions like this and they're trying to figure it out, part of the way they interpreted scriptures is they would try and fill in some of the gaps. Like, well, why, why would Esau do this? And uh, a lot of them would write about how, well, Esau, he he was actually out doing these kinds of things. And they would add these kind of terrible, awful character things that he was out doing and saying, but then Jacob realized that he couldn't have the birthright. He couldn't have the blessing or else he would really mess everything up for the entire family. Now, whether that's true or not, um, we don't 100% know. Except I think this is the point: is where some of us would say lying is the terrible thing. I think what the contrast we're really supposed to grasp here is the comparison between Jacob, who will do anything to get the blessing, and Esau, who doesn't seem to understand its value at all. He's willing to give it up to have something that he wants right away. Right, this immediate satisfaction. I need to satisfy my hunger more than looking down the line at something that is so valuable, being part of this lineage of blessing whereby we are blessed so that we can bless the entire world. And that's the promise of God that I want to be part of. So then we go back to our verse in Galatians chapter three, verse 29 that says, and if you were in Christ or if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring heirs according to promise. Well, what are we supposed to take from that? I think we're supposed to understand that in Christ we have been given the immeasurable, immeasurably valuable inheritance, the blessing of God, of his presence with us. And that we can be part of the great mission of blessing the entire world. And we are to never miss the incredible value that is in that. We are blessed to bless the world that in Christ and following Jesus, we have the opportunity to live in the reality that we have a benevolent God who is our father and provides everything for us, who has forgiven us, who has lavished us with every material and spiritual thing that we have, and that we can live in that reality, trust that reality, that that is what God is doing, and we can then be part of the mission of The family mission of blessing the entire world with a benevolent God, revealing him in the way that we treat other people, in the way that we share our blessings and our resources. Really incredible. But to be a Jacob, not an Esau, to be willing to do anything to live in that blessing and to be able to forward that blessing on instead of sitting back and sometimes completely missing it and saying, I wish I just had a bowl of stew. So what's your bowl of stew? What's the thing that's probably pretty short-term that you just feel like you gotta have right now? And maybe that's the thing that takes your eyes off of the fact that you are blessed, loved, forgiven, enjoyed by God, to be filled with that so that you can pass it on. And it might be robbing you of all kinds of joy in life and, and some of the just beauty of life because you're, you're thinking, I want that bowl of stew. I just, man, I, I really think what I want is a bigger paycheck is a different kind of home is a different kind of car is a, uh, you know, to have a different kind of relationship or this or that or the other thing. And, and it's almost like I would do anything in my life to chase those things and to have those things, even giving up living in the peace and grace the shalom of God and his blessings and his promises where we can just rest in the fact that we are his beloved children, heirs to the promise, blessed immeasurably and part of the line that gets to go and bless the world. So maybe think about that today and uh, take some time to identify the bowls of stew in our life and just uh, put that in perspective and to say, it may seem In the moment, like that's all I want. That's all I need to be happy, to be fulfilled, to feel like I have it all. And then to realize maybe you already have it all. Maybe God has given everything that you need to you today, that you truly are blessed, that you are a daughter, that you are a son of the living, loving God. You already have his blessing. You already have his presence. Soak it in. And then remember that you are part of the family mission and the family mission is to receive blessing so that we can give blessing by giving away um, our love, by giving away the forgiveness that's already been given to us, by giving away our material possessions to people who are in need, to bringing the presence of God, the kingdom of God to the world around us. So today... You are blessed. Live in God's blessing and find a way to pass on that blessing to the people around you.